0: full-service financial planning service company. Balance Virtually provides full service, financial planning services for small businesses, nonprofits, and startups. We can help you manage your monthly reporting, bank and credit card reconciliations, budget and forecasting, payroll services, and much more. To schedule a consultation with a certified public accountant with over 16 years of experience helping people like you, visit balancevirtually.com. Balance Virtually, your locally owned, full service financial planning service company. Welcome to the Veronica Edwards Show where we have fun financial conversations that everyone listening can apply to their personal and professional life. I'm your host Veronica Edwards and I'm excited to be back another week on my show here on Biz Radio Asheville. I can't believe I'm officially one years old with close to a thousand downloads in addition to your great listeners listening to the podcast and we have a new time which is 11 a.m on wednesday so please continue to listen and you can definitely download um and allow us to be on more streaming platforms so let's go ahead and jump into today's show i'm very excited for today's guest, she is the current program director for Craft Your Commerce program at Mountain BizWorks. You guys know I'm always plugging Mountain BizWorks. Um, I was honored when this guest asked me to be on the panel for Craft Your Commerce last October in the fall and it was a great experience. I'm I'm looking forward to doing more collaborations with this guest. She's also the former executive director for the Society of North American Goldsmiths, known as SNAG, an organization dedicated to the support and advancement of contemporary jewelry and metal artists. And from what I hear, this guest is also a great glass artist. So without further ado, I would love to welcome today, Miss Glenn Ruckenrod-Smith. Welcome, Gwen.
1: Thank you so much, Veronica. It's just so exciting to be here today.
0: Yay! Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So, Gwen, the way we always start off the show here is that we ask the guests to tell the listeners all about yourself. Where are you from? How you found yourself in Western North Carolina? Because we know a lot of people are transplants. And then how did you find this emphasis in nonprofits and working with artists and creatives like yourself?
1: Absolutely. I'm happy to share my story. So, um, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm a Midwesterner, true at heart. Went to Ohio State University for both graduate and undergraduate degrees. And um, my first job out of college, my undergraduate college degree, I was a chemical dependency counselor to HIV positive heroin addicts. And Whoa. I, yeah, mm-hmm. it was, you know what, it, it was one of those. Um, I'm, a, I'm somebody who has to help people I'm a connector and I like supporting people however I can for them to be the be- their best selves and it was really an amazing experience but I went back to college thinking I was going to continue in the social services nonprofit world and unfortunately in the middle of grad school my mom passed away very unexpectedly. Ooh. So when you have kind of a life-changing moment like that, your life changes. And I started to kind of reevaluate where my passions were. And growing up, I was always very artistic, but my parents were of the ilk that they were not going to pay for art school because they didn't want me to struggle to make a living um, Mm -hmm. as an artist, which is very ironic now that I'm in arts entrepreneurship. (laughs) So so I kind of proved them wrong in some ways because, you know, I um, do not believe in the starving artist motif. I believe in the thriving artist motif. And so, um, you know, I, after grad school, I had my MBA and after grad school, I started um, working in arts nonprofits. And what happened is I was um, in a relationship with somebody who had the opportunity to go to Chiang Mai, Thailand for three months to build a a hot glass shop there for an American. And I knew about glass and hot glass blowing, but I never tried it. And he asked if I wanted to go with him. So I was fortunate enough to have the privilege to do that. And this was in 1998. Oh, so my gosh. You in the 90s? Yes. In the 90s. And
0: yes.
1: so while I was over there, after we built the hot shop, they asked me, um, the American Stephen and Dawson, asked me if I wanted to learn to blow glass. And I was like, of course I do. I'm fascinated by this material and I've built all this really complex equipment. Um, And so I learned to blow hot glass over in Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is kind of a very unusual story for most people who come to class, but became instantly addicted. Uh, When I returned to the States, I um, found a job as a curator for a pressed glass museum called the National Heisee Glass Museum based on small town, about 45 minutes east of uh, Columbus, Ohio, called Newark, Ohio, mm-hmm. and um, I, part of the job, I had to run a hot glass studio and, and do demonstrations for tours um, coming in and, and people visiting the, the museum, and I was really able to hone my glass skills and kind of started my own glass business. I did ran my glass business for about seven years, basically doing wholesale, retail, exhibitions in museums and galleries and just kind of um, enjoyed that professional practice for a while. And then just decided that I really um, wanted to move more into the arts administration side of mm-hmm. everything. And so I have over the years, many years, I have been an executive director of the International Society of Glass Bead Makers. I have been Um, a program director, I was the first fine craft curator for the Houston Center for Contemporary Craft. And then I was the executive director of Handmade in America, which is what brought me here to Asheville. And so I served as executive director from 2010 to 2013 before moving on to being the executive director of SNAG. Um, And then um, during the pandemic, uh, as many nonprofits experienced uh, lots of financial difficulties at SNAG, and so the board and myself made the difficult decision to eliminate some of the positions, including mine. Um, and at that same time, I was lucky enough to see a job hosting for this craft your commerce program at Mountain BizWorks that they Yay. were launching. Yes. And I was like, oh, I could do that. I think that would be fun. <laughs> um, and so I as the pandemic was hitting, I was actually interviewing um at Mount BizWorks for the position because it was originally advertised as 10 hours a week. And I was like, oh, I could do that on a Saturday. Oh, that's how
0: they always get us. Yes, (laughs) yes.
1: And so, yeah, so actually this coming Saturday, I'll be celebrating two years with Mount BizWorks.
0: Congratulations. And wow, landing on your feet. And and, you know, when I was, researching your background, Gwen, I was like, oh my gosh, I feel bad just saying the one thing you was the executive director for because you've done so much. (laughs) But I saw that that was one of the most recent ones. And wow, what a a situation that you were in to then put the, I mean, that's a true executive director when you said, okay, what is in the best interest of the nonprofit, even if that means my job being eliminated? Wow.
1: Yeah. 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 And it, you know, it wasn't easy, but it was the right thing for the organization to be able to keep its longevity. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, it was honestly the right thing for me, too. So, it you know, we all ended up in better spaces for it. So um, I'm very excited because. Now, starting January 1st, I became a full-time staff member at Mount Work. So
0: I, I'm in it. I'm in it hard. Yay. <laughs> I love that. So let's talk more about this Craft Your Commerce program. So how long has it been around? I'm assuming when you interviewed for this, this was brand new. But tell us more about the mission of the program and if listeners want to learn more about it, how we can get involved.
1: Absolutely. So. Um, In 2016 and 17, the Center for Craft um, did some focus groups with craft artists living and working in Western North Carolina and really wanted to understand where there were gaps for support. Mm -hmm. Um, And Handmade in America, we had a craft entrepreneurship program that I launched while I was the executive director there. But that ended when handmade in america closed in 2015 so that support system for craft artists to develop both professional and business development skills was gone and so through this focus group um, research that the center for craft did they really concluded that there was a need for this entrepreneurship support program for really craft artists and creatives um, Mm -hmm. in west north carolina so As they were going through their um, discovery process and developing the program, they started to have conversations with Mountain BizWorks about Mountain BizWorks being actually the more appropriate nonprofit to host that program. So Mm -hmm. that program was launched in 2018. The first set of workshop series was held in the fall of 2019 Um, and then COVID hit. So we pivoted and everything has pretty much been online since um so we you know it's really interesting because we everybody always was like craft your commerce is it only for craft artists and yes it's not and this is why it's really fascinating because a lot of times people have a very strict definition of craft mm-hmm. and we at mountain biz works have worked really hard to actually define craft as just more about a particular approach With a strong connection to material skill and process so we really do serve the creative community of western north carolina and we really support creative entrepreneurship um, craft artists product designers designers makers who are all trying to build a business that impact the regional economy in really meaningful ways Um, They create jobs, they reactivate spaces, they revitalize disinvested communities in need of new and innovative economic activity. Um, So we actually really envision that Crafter Commerce will create a growing, engaged, and really sustainable creative community that's a major economic driver to Western North Carolina. A lot of people don't know this, but the creative economy in the United States makes up for 4% of our national GDP.
0: It's a huge,
1: huge community and it's very big economic driver.
0: Yeah. And I'm glad that you defined it craft because I was just going to ask that like, well, what's the difference if I'm a crafter versus an artist? And I totally agree with you that um, this program supports Western North Carolina, but I also want to say I've had people in my financial tools class that was part of craft your commerce going that was out of New York city. Well, I think New York state. So we are reaching people all over the United States and they're speaking very highly of the program so you know just kudos to you Thank and everything you. that you're doing because you're a big part of it and just working with you in the fall how organized you were and the pre-meetings and you were on point and then we even had like a little technical glitch and then that got fixed really quick I mean you were just yes over it so <laughs> I think you, yes. you found what you're passionate about. And I'm glad that um, Mountain BizWorks is lucky enough to have you for right now. I'm not going to say that you're going to be there forever.
1: (laughs) You know, being online um, has really um, expanded our accessibility and the diversity of the people that are able to attend the classes. We've also changed the payment model to a pay what you wish model because we know that the creative community was so deeply affected by the pandemic. And we didn't want cost to be a barrier for people to access these workshops. Um, So we've actually served in the first three years of Crafter Commerce, we served over 1500 individual registrants for the workshops and coaching. So we offer one-on-one business coaching as well, which I always encourage because I don't know about you, but when I take a workshop and I walk away from the computer or walk Mm -hmm. away from that classroom, I, that's, that information sits on my desk and I often find, um, and struggle to implement it. So Mm -hmm. the one-on-one business coaching opportunity at Mountain BizWorks, if you live in the Western North Carolina region can really be, um, a wonderful opportunity. And then if you're willing to pay for it, we will offer coaching for people outside the region. So that person Mm -hmm. from New York, I coach her one-on-one, um, and she was took the Alpine class. So we've adjusted some of our intensive classes to be specific for makers. So we have Alpine for creatives and foundations for makers. So we've really understand that the way that you talk about business to a creative community is a little bit different than you talk mm-hmm. about business to other types of small businesses. Um, and so we're trying to be really cognizant of that and make it approachable Um and make it so that people want to learn about things that maybe they that might scare
0: them a little bit,
1: like financials.
0: Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and, and you know, and that's always like, everyone's like, well, you make it so easy. And I don't know why people in the past have made it like it's, it definitely is a foreign language. It's not something that we just naturally know, but it's, I tell people it's just adding and subtracting. And they're like, no, it's more than that. And I'm like, no, it's not too bad. So before we talk about some of the upcoming programs and all the great stuff that can be uh, that's happening for Craft Your Commerce this year, always on the show, Gwen, we ask the guests to just give the listeners some tips, some nuggets, some jewels that you've experienced and that you've seen over the years. So especially in the artist world, Gwen, what would you say is some of the biggest obstacles or challenges that small business owners have had and and some advice that you have to overcome those?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, I think the very first challenge that creatives have is considering themselves entrepreneurs or small businesses. Yes. Um, And so once you actually change that mindset and embrace the fact that you are indeed, even if you're a solopreneur, you are a small business and an entrepreneur. I think that that mindset really opens you up to learning and being open to learning, particularly business skills that will help set you up for better success. Um, Some of the other things that I I find is that because creatives are using a different portion of their brain, when it comes to financials, they are scared by spreadsheets and numbers. And they really actually put up a barrier because of that unknown and that fear to learning the numbers. Mm -hmm. And once we break that down and um, my clients realize how accessible It can be to understand your numbers and then how that can actually help inform you on your activities, how your sales goals, your revenue streams and the stories that financials can tell you. It really opens up their ability to find really good success. Um, So my tip is to even though it's scary, take the time to focus on your financials because it's one of the most important parts of your business. Um, I had a client who ran out of cash and Uh I was talking with them and I said, you know what, what happened and they were like, well, I was just looking at my bank balance. So I thought it was fine. Uh You cannot look at your bank balance only. That is not enough. You need to understand your profit your loss from each month, liability. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All the things. And those are scary words if you don't know what they mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But taking um, the financial tools class at Mount BizWorks, taking classes at some of these community colleges, Mm -hmm. we have such a robust support system for small businesses here in West North Carolina, knowing who who they are, what they offer, and taking advantage of that is really important. It's just going to open up your world.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I just uh, one thing that you said in the beginning about really recognizing yourself as a business. And we I am a solo entrepreneur um, and I even at times had to remember that as well. Like, okay, I am going to put some boundaries up and not respond to things over the weekends and have set hours and, you know, have a different business account versus my personal account because it's your business. And I remember Reggie Tidwell from Curve Theory, who was on our panel, he yes. said that. He was like, so what if this is a side job right now? You know, like, or a hobby that's developed in a business. Your clients don't need to know that because they will take advantage of that. Some of the clients in the yes. beginning. yes, And so that is so important. I'm glad that you said that. Cause I think sometimes we forget that if you are purchasing or making something and you're turning around and selling it, even if it's less than four or five hundred dollars for the whole year, it's still a business.
1: Yes, yeah, it really is.
0: So it is important to look at the financials, like you said, and and that's where I just love Mountain BizWorks because they have so many classes and then different levels depending on where you are in your business. And there's a lot of other places that provide that as well, but I'm always plugging Mountain BizWorks on the show, going because I do feel like they have such a variety of programs that can fit any, you know, small business depending on where they're at in their business life. So in regards to the programs that you support, Gwen, can you just tell the listeners what are some calendar dates coming up um, between, I would say, May through the end of the year that folks can sign up for?
1: Absolutely. So um, we actually are just finishing up our spring series of workshops so we do workshop series in the spring and the fall Mm -hmm. Um, in the spring we focused on digital marketing Um, but this fall um, september and october we're planning a series on um, financial literacy and operations so i'm very excited those classes um, will be developing uh, but we're actually going to do a class on money mindset
0: we're going to do something
1: on hiring staff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, We're going to do a three-day intensive on financial literacy, which I'm very excited Mm,
0: about. I'm getting chills thinking about this.
1: I know. And then um, (laughs) we're going to do a class on selling without shame because as creatives, sometimes we feel really shamed at selling and trying to sell our services and valuing what we offer. Um, And then we're going to have a class on wholesale and how to break into the wholesale market if anybody's interested in that because that is really rebounding after the pandemic.
0: Gwen, that is so good. I mean, everything that you said, I love that money mindset and selling without shame. And even um, as a CPA, a service provider in the beginning, I was just pricing things too low. And that's one thing I remember from Craft Your Commerce that Reggie has stayed off. You need to talk to other people you know, in your industry, because that affects everybody. If you're charging too low, yes, that's affecting the whole market. And it, I know yes. it you know, undervalues.
1: No, yeah, it undervalues. Yes. If you charge too little, and even if you don't need to make a living by what you're doing, a lot of times people do charge less because they are, mm-hmm. oh, I don't need to make, I don't need to pay that. I have yep. you know the privilege of having my bills paid another way. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is it devalues the whole field. Yep. And so what a uh, customer comes and they say, oh, this graphic designer is only charging so much or this bookkeeper is only charging so much or mm-hmm. this jewelry artist is only charging so much that then they're going to compare everybody else to that. And yes. they're not going to value the beauty of the creativity and the services and the skills and the talent that you bring to the table.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's very important to charge yes. what you're worth.
0: Yes. We always talk about that, um, that it's. A lot of times in the beginning, I know for me, I'm like, OK, I have these bills due. I'm going to charge this, you know, and that's <laughs> where we have to get in that mindset of this is a business now. You know, like your key thing that you said, like you have to research your industry. I mean, in Craft Your Commerce, a lot of times people do sometimes just want that cookie cutter. What should my price be for this or what should my profit margin be? And it's always kind of it depends, you know, yes. on your industry and you have to research it. So that's why it's so great that you have these classes so you can have other like-minded people, people in the same industry, you can collaborate, you can exchange information. So now you can start building that network of folks that's in similar industries for you. So you can make sure that you're pricing your product, right? Which that's what, I mean, I hate to say it, but that's where it starts off. Like if, absolutely, if your revenue is not there, it's, it's just not going to trickle down. Yeah. Yes. So also, well, Gwen, thank you so much. We're already to the end of the show. But please, can you, can you plug how we can find out about these programs if we do forget? I know you mentioned that there will be something happening in the fall, September, October for the financial literacy. How can folks find that, get more information about it when that time comes up?
1: Yeah, so we have a website, craftyourcommerce.com. Um, Also, you can find always find information about the program and other classes at mountainbizworks.org. And then we have an Instagram handle. So if anybody wants to follow us on Instagram, feel free to do that. And of course, it's at craft your commerce. So that's how you can find out about all the wonderful things that we offer.
0: Wonderful. Well, Gwen, thank you so much for making the time. It was just a pleasure talking with you today. And I'm looking forward to us collaborating, hopefully on this financial literacy program and other things to come. So I just appreciate everything that you're doing I always I want to be an honorary cool artist crafter. So just you being on my show, I feel cooler.
1: Oh, Thanks, Veronica. (laughs) Actually, I always want to um, be cool like you. I feel like what you do, (laughs) what you offer, the knowledge you bring to the table, the way you break down the barriers to people accessing financial information and learning um, is amazing, and it's a true gift to the community. So thank you for what you do as well.
0: Oh, thank you. So and also in the in the breath of thinking, everyone, I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in. Please come back next week. Same time, same place. Our new time, which is 11 a.m. on Wednesdays, and you can stay connected to all things Biz Radio Asheville by going to our site, bizradioashville.com.